0: Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate, and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now, we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this interview. I'm John Lynn, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today. I'm excited to sit down with Dr. Christian Federick. He's medical director of interoperability at UPMC. Welcome, Christian.
1: Oh, thanks, John. It's very nice. A pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, so I'm excited to dive into our topic today around ADT solutions and the, all the great work you're doing there. But before we get in there, can you provide some background on UPMC and your role, and maybe some of the biggest challenges you're facing?
1: Yeah. So for those who who are not familiar with our integrated uh, delivery network, we are a 20 billion non for profit organization with uh, many hospitals across um, Pennsylvania, uh, New York and Maryland, Western Maryland, but also internationally. Um, And uh, in addition to our 40 plus academic and community hospitals, we have about 700 outpatient sites. From an electronic health record perspective, we are client hosted. And most of our hospitals are on Cerner Millennium, Uh, although our pinnacle uh, hospitals have EpiCare, and they also run Epicare on the ambulatory side. And uh, some of the smaller hospitals have other electronic health records. And so interoperability is, is very important for us. Um, we have, early on, partnered with uh, uh, our HIST vendor, Secure Exchange Solutions, that is a provider of our, our direct messaging uh, to improve our interoperability. And we are also the founding member of Clinical Connect HIE, which is Western Pennsylvania, health information exchange. It's really been a privilege to work at UPMC. I joined the organization in 2008, um, and uh, I have been serving as a director of uh, interoperability for the past uh, two years. Strategically, some of the biggest challenges for us from an interoperability perspective is uh, really to enable seamless data exchanges. uh, Within UPMC, uh within all our hospitals and clinics and post acute care providers and also also in the region with uh, other health systems um and our uh, referring uh providers um we uh in addition to the data exchange we our challenges would be to try to preserve and have consistent clinical document architecture semantics and also a big challenge is provider adoption And really the overwhelming nature of uh, the the multitude of data points that our providers have to deal with.
0: Yeah, you know, I I knew UPMC was large, but every time I hear the numbers keep growing and, you know, you have the full spectrum there, which I think presents a really interesting interoperability challenge. So I'm excited to learn from you. Now, you've you've implemented an ADT alert system from Secure Exchange Solutions. What's a specific use case that best highlights the benefits of this ADT alert system?
1: That is a very good question. And you know, if you look at our country, despite near universal electronic health record adoption, um, still nearly 75% of our healthcare communication is via faxing. Um, it's really great to see that within improvement in interoperability uh, healthcare providers have now more tools than ever to better coordinate their patients' care while leaving that paper trail and those and those uh, 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 faxes behind and so one of those technologies is direct is direct secure messaging and that allows healthcare providers to send encrypted health information to known trusted recipients uh, While at its core, the technology itself is quite simple, but if you look at the electronic health record vendor landscape, the implementation of direct secure messaging and adoption across the country has been somewhat challenging and and running into a little bit of uh, uh, bumps in the road. And if you ask many of the healthcare providers, then they probably wouldn't be able to tell you what is their direct message address. at UPMC, we have multiple electronic health records. Um, they differ in their capabilities, and uh, not only in our sort of operational capabilities, but also their ability to, to integrate and to put direct secure messaging um, into the provider's workflow and fully utilize uh, his services. Um, coming back to your question, what is our specific use case? for ADT-based messages in which we are actually leveraging uh, direct messaging as well. We have partnered early on with UPMC Health Plan, uh, which now has about 3.5 million members across Pennsylvania, and specifically to help our colleagues in the inflammatory bowel disease uh, patient-centered medical home. Uh, That is a specialized clinic for patients with Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. And so it is crucial for them to be in the know and coordinate the patient's care when that person comes to the emergency department or gets admitted or discharged. And so I, I recall speaking with um, the team and they they one of the examples they brought up for me was, was a patient that they, they, they took care for about, Two years. It was a 34 year old patient um, with Crohn's disease who had a recent dental procedure, developed uh, pain, swelling, and redness in her face, came to the emergency department, was discharged home, but then eventually returned and was admitted. And unfortunately, the, the patient did not have a primary care physician. Um, thanks to the fact that we had implemented our ADD based messaging to this, uh, to our inflammatory bowel disease patient-centered medical home, the clinic care manager was notified as soon as the patient checked in to the emergency department and also the time of when the patient was admitted um, and then discharged. And then really what it helped with was not only to contact the patient early, reinforce the treatment plan that was put in place after the patient was discharged arrange for a very early follow-up with the uh, Crohn's disease specialist in the clinic and also to find a primary care physician. Uh, sometimes the patients with, with uh, who are perhaps younger and they have made one illness maybe feel reluctant to, to also see a primary care physician, perhaps seeing it as a redundancy when they're already seeing a specialist for that illness. And so in this specific example, I, I think this was a win for us. Um, even though... Thankfully, not many other patients get admitted and come to the emergency department. But this ADT-based messaging system has been working very well for our IBD clinic.
0: That's a great example. And I think it's interesting because... UPMC in many ways is almost a microcosm of the healthcare industry as a whole with disparate systems across disparate care uh, locations whether it's the acute care whether it's home care whether it's ambulatory and, and then the payer of course as well uh, and being able to communicate between them it, it seems like that must be an important strategic benefit that direct messaging uh, and you know these ADT solutions provide you know that and unfortunately the only thing better than it is facts or, and obviously it's not better <laughs> it's just been around longer right is that how you see that's it I mean, is it a strategic benefit to the organization to be able to bridge these disparate systems within UPMC
1: it, it, it's not only that, that's one good example John so to strategic benefits for us internally to bridge the systems to make them work better to keep people in the know uh, and then beyond that to Improve data exchange because, um, if, and we'll come back to it later, maybe in a conversation, if the ADT based messaging can carry other payloads, um, perhaps, uh, some continuity of care documents, then you could, uh, easier reconcile problems, allergies, medications, um, bring in other, uh, components of the, of the patient's medical record or chart.
0: No, I think that's a great example. And, you know, it it is more sophisticated than, you know, a a simple fax, which, uh, you know, unfortunately, as you mentioned, is is still uh, so common in healthcare. And, uh, you know, I think direct messaging is a great move beyond that in the next generation of being able to exchange that data, but in a more granular fashion. I think another challenge that many organizations face is around the whole closed loop referral system and it gets really complex. I I think many people underestimate the complexity of the referral system that happens in healthcare organizations, especially like UPMC. So what problems has your ADCT solution really solved for you and and how has it streamlined your post-acute care referrals for your teams?
1: if you look at our number of home care visits across upmc uh annually it is in a range of uh 3 quarter of a million wow and so our our home care uh, has been a really a, a very important use case for us to to enable closed loop um referrals and communication home care is obviously not only initiated from the hospital system or from when the patient gets discharged, but also from ambulatory setting. And our challenge was that when the referral was placed by the provider, um, certainly the referral was handled by our community provider services group. Um, and then once a home care agency was selected based on the patient's preference um, to to communicate this in a timely and efficient manner back to the referring provider was a challenge. And um, SES has been a a great partner for us to uh, get this off the ground. And now when uh, an ambulatory care provider uh, is placing a referral to home care, simply, the referral would go to our community provider services team, a, a home care agency selected, and then we're able to send the referral electronically, and then notify the primary care physician as well of where the patient or which agency the patient was referred to, which then really helps with communication, uh, being able or to know uh, what is the post acute care uh, provider and who's a new team member. Uh, If something changes in the plan of care uh, to keep everybody uh, in the loop.
0: Yeah, I keep hearing it over and over from organizations that either home care doesn't get the information they need to really care for the patient. And so they're going in somewhat blind. Uh, Yeah, that's one side. And then the second side is that the primary care physician doesn't hear about what, you know, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing, right? Uh, It sounds like that's what this solution helps solve for you.
1: Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And and you know that uh especially with our more complex patients who have multiple medical problems, uh it is vital that uh everyone is kept on the on the same page and if there are any changes to a treatment plan that are easily communicated.
0: Yeah. Well, this is going to become even more important as value based care continues to roll out. And, you know, it becomes more important to really care for the patient across the continuum of care. But I think there's also some other requirements around, uh, you know, compliance with regulatory requirements. So, what are the, some of the unique challenges that UPMC faces in complying with the CMS ADT requirements? And, and what have you done to really ensure compliance with these requirements?
1: Well um we we had started early on to um put systems or put workflows so that we are in compliance with uh with a new um, rule that will go effect in, in next May and uh I think that we have been successful for years now to utilize a a homegrown system in which uh we would um let primary care physicians know when the patient was admitted and discharged. Uh, However, we need to do more. Uh, About 60 to 70% of our patients may not have a primary care physician properly identified on admission or the emergency department visit. And I think that's where a uh, health information services provider that has a uh, uh, comprehensive directory comes into play. Uh, certainly health systems can partner with, um, local HIEs or health information exchanges, um, that sometimes provide also HIP services. Uh, we have chosen to, to go with a, uh, uh one or, or, uh, trying to go with, with one solution for our, our, um, direct messaging provider. And that will give us the, I think the strategic benefit to be able to send the same ADG notification, uh, regardless of where the patient actually lands in our system. And so, some of the challenges we've been running into is mostly to identify of of who the patient would want to notify. Uh, certainly, there are some, perhaps some. That we had been looking at as well as patient privacy or security issues, if there's a patient perhaps um, for whatever reason would would elect uh, would opt not to notify their their outpatient provider uh, we, we certainly respect that and in addition to that, I think we need to look at who else the patient outpatient or post acute care team is uh, perhaps they've been seeing a as we discussed a a home care Team that that would want to be kept in the loop that the patient was admitted um, maybe there uh, had pharmacy services for infusion therapy uh, and perhaps the outpatient pharmacy needs to be notified as well in addition to that uh, skilled nursing facilities or transitional care units uh, that the patient perhaps uh, had gone to and, and those providers would need to be identified so so the outpatient treatment or, or the outpatient team that's taking care of the patient um, proves to be somewhat of a of a challenge to to have a sort of a single source of truth that, that who who all the patient is seeing.
0: Yeah, I mean you offered a lot of complexity but you know in many cases as you kind of described uh, i guess i was feeling a little guilty because if you asked me my primary care provider i wouldn't be able to tell you either so <laughs> i guess i'm part of the problem uh, you know but i think it is the reality for so many patients that if we're feeling healthy and we haven't been to the doctor lately i just can't tell you who it is right so i, right. I think that's what we bump into and then if you look on the other end of the scale the complex patients have five providers, ten providers, and they can't remember all yeah. of their names and where they are. So it really becomes quite challenging. Uh, and maybe in some cases, even a caregiver or or maybe a system where they want to send that data as well and that notifications for future tracking. Very,
1: so, yeah, very, very well said. I I just um you know, as a matter of fact, I was seeing a patient today, and um the 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 patient has history of cancer and sees. Four different providers just for that diagnosis, Um, you know, between the oncologist and the radiation oncologist and uh, other other subspecialists. So, they probably will all want to be uh, kept in the loop. Uh, And in addition to that, there may be some other patients who perhaps have advanced illness. Uh, Maybe they're seeing supportive and palliative care. And so, those uh, extra specialists would want to be notified as well. We certainly have been working with our colleagues in uh, cardiology. Uh, They're paying uh, tremendous attention to our patients with advanced heart failure uh, and uh, trying to keep all the uh, all the of team members in the loop uh, is, is really essential. But then how do you differentiate between perhaps a general cardiologist, because they may have seen a general cardiologist, they may have seen an interventional cardiologist, or perhaps even a electrophysiologist. And so how would you find that, that main person? I think that the way how we can, we can solve that is um, with looking at... Um, our tools in the electronic health record, could we identify that uh, treating team and, and clearly um, in, on the registration engine, perhaps uh, having, be, being able to identify the, the person's uh, sort of main or treating cardiologist, as opposed to the ones that the person had seen only once or twice in the past.
0: Yeah, and as you bring up, the patient may not want some of those providers to know about it. I know a lot of psychiatric patients that are very concerned about medical discrimination, as they call it, or, you know, not wanting some of that information to be shared. Uh, because of how they've been impacted in the past. So, you know, and, and then what's interesting is, you know, you kind of espoused a single source solution rather than best of breed that, you know, has been a topic of IT discussion for forever. Uh, so it's interesting that you you're, you're espousing the single source. But imagine in a best of breed trying to facilitate that type of Granular communication across multiple providers and not screwing it up uh, makes a good case for your suggestion of a single single source a uh, single truth, as you said. but what you know yeah. so that seems like a good suggestion for other organizations that may be dealing with this compliance issues with the CMS rule. Are there any other suggestions or recommendations you'd make for them on on uh, things they should do when they're selecting a notification solution that have helped you comply?
1: So certainly the, the ADD-based notification solution is, is sounds simple, uh, just like perhaps direct messaging, and it is, uh, in concept, um, a not a solution that takes a long time to implement. I think what takes a long time to implement and what health systems should pay attention to is that a notification solution aligns well with organizational goals. Um, It is important to identify those organizational goals early on. And it shouldn't be that the goal is just to notify someone. Um, Designing a project plan and then carrying on a project plan, working with all the stakeholders that will be impacted by the notification is crucial. From a provider's perspective, what's, what's really important is that notifications align with uh, and fit with clinical workflows, and that notifications are are also meaningful? And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is, if you if the provider is is receiving an alert that will contain the patient's demographics and perhaps a diagnosis and maybe um, the facility where the patient was registered in, um, that will probably provide very little context. and so if we' if the all the stakeholders are able to agree on what are the key data points that should be transmitted to the provider we are sending the alert to, that that's going to be leading to a more successful implementation of the adD based notification system. And then finally, uh, it is important to evaluate the performance of the system. And I'm not talking only from a perspective that, um, if the health system is facing a perhaps an accreditation visit and that's when we are looking at and dusting off all the systems and, and seeing our uh, notifications actually working for us or not. Um, but I think that the, one of the goals of notifications is to Coordinate care and actually see does it does it help? Uh, coming back to to the example of our inflammatory bowel disease patients at a medical home, uh, we we reach out to the clinics uh, periodically and uh, and then ask is it is it working for them and what what's not working and what what can we make actually better? How can we help them to get the alerts in their in their workflow? And make the alerts work for the clinic, as opposed to against them.
0: I think that highlights the key to a successful project in healthcare: aligning with the strategic goals of the organization. Otherwise, you won't get anyone's time. And aligning with the clinical workflows. Otherwise, you won't yeah. get the doctor's attention. So, <laughs> I yeah, think you described that's it true. perfectly.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, I think it's great, you know, that you, you know, you're complying with, of course, the CMS rule, and that's pushing some things forward in a good way. Are there any other things you're you're looking at doing with your notification? Are there any use cases beyond the CMS requirements that you're planning at UPMC?
1: We are we are very excited about our capabilities and uh, being able to send out uh, these notifications. Uh, one of them is. Uh, a specific use case that we're uh, evaluating and partnering with our infectious disease specialists who discharge, uh, or rather, who uh, are involved in the care of a large number of patients who are on intravenous uh, or parental antibiotics on the outpatient side. And it is important to keep them in the loop when the uh, patient is discharged from the hospital um, because the notifications traditionally would be going to the patient's primary care physician and not necessarily to a select specialist. Um, additionally, additionally, we are also looking at how can we best uh, partner with our uh, referring uh, area hospitals, emergency departments, and send them closed-loop communications when they um, see a patient who suffered uh, a traumatic injury and that patient is referred to UPMC for further care, uh, it is important for us to um, send that communication back uh, electronically, and that is what we, we plan to um, uh, have in place uh, in the near future, uh, which right now we would be uh, notifying them, um, sending them a discharge summary, uh, but it is a labor-intensive process, and so if technology can can help us along, and uh, instead of faxing, we can send them the communication electronically and actually even into their electronic health record, uh, I think that's just going to improve uh, overall care and interoperability.
0: Yeah, and I've seen some great solutions in that regard, especially with the ambulance and integrating those systems direct makes it so much easier to be able to do that uh, with a message rather than the labor intensive processes that you described. So I think it's a great solution. What's interesting is, you know, I can imagine there's almost no department that couldn't benefit from this type of notification and this kind of updating and data sharing, it seems like one of your challenges is probably taking the successful solutions you've seen in these other areas and almost doing some internal marketing and, and saying check out these amazing solutions. And then you'll probably get a wave of people saying, hey, why aren't you doing this in cardiology? Why aren't you doing this in, in renal? You know, right? Like, you know, it seems yeah. like that's one of the challenges is saying, hey, this capability is here. Where else can we apply it and how can we partner with you, the clinician, you know, or the clinic, clinical department to solve more problems?
1: It is, it is so interesting, John, that you actually had mentioned the renal as well, because as you probably know, uh, one of the gaps um, is, is notifying uh, dialysis centers when the patient gets either admitted or discharged. Mm-hmm. They are really kept uh, in the dark. Uh, especially when medications change. Certainly, uh, uh, they get notified that the patient is coming back for their outpatient dialysis session, but uh, uh, that uh, notification uh, is often um, via phone call. Perhaps a care manager is doing it. Um, other notification use cases that we've been working on is partnering with our health plan uh, to look at uh, some of the patients who, uh, perhaps visit the hospital more frequently. Um, And uh, we are really hopeful that this technology is gonna be improving our care coordination with the patients and uh, help us deliver the best possible care.
0: No, that's great. And to me, that is where all of this is headed. Uh, you know, certainly, should we be farther with interoperability after $36 billion of stimulus money? Probably. But the groundwork is laid, right? And now at least we're not talking about how do I convert this paper chart and make it interoperable. At least it's uh, ones and zeros in a digital format. So uh, this is some great yeah. insight. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, I appreciate your. your uh, sharing this, uh, Dr. Federick, and thanks everyone for watching. If you wanna check out more great content like this, be sure to check it out at healthcareittoday.com.